What's poppin' and welcome to Popcoin with Chora Sadiariner. Stop for All Things Pop, where we talk about all things pop culture from the Philippine Islands to the rest of the globe. Or in this case, dito sa bahay ni Kuya dahil lahat tayo ay naka-lockdown sa bahay natin. <laughs> um, today's episode will be Women in Pop in culmination of Women's Month. But before that, I'll introduce my co-hosts for today. So let's all welcome back our co-hosts from the pod squad. Let's welcome back Paula. Hey, Paula. Reporting live from, uh, from <laughs> Project. City. Anong Project ka? <laughs> Pag-asa, sis. Hindi Project. Hindi <laughs> <laughs> pala siya Project. Ano na siya? Thesis na siya. Um, si Dana is also here. Welcome back. Hello. Reporting live from Katipunan area. <laughs> And Denny is also here with us. Hey, Denny. Hello, hello. So this is like our kind of, you know. it's fine. So it's kind of like our popcorn um, conference call, if you can call it that. <laughs> um, so yeah, before we continue, of course, kamusta kayo lahat? Um, you know, we're all on quarantine, enhanced community quarantine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope everyone's safe in their homes. How's the quarantine going for you guys at this point? okay. I think I've been in quarantine for three weeks now. So, one month na by next week, which is... Oh, nga pala, maaga kayo, no? Yeah. Nauna kami. Nauna yung office ko. Sana so, all. Um, <coughs> grabe. <laughs> so, on on my end, like, it's good. But my mom's a frontliner kasi. She's a banker. So, um, she still goes to work every single day. So, medyo nakaka-panic lang. But otherwise, it's been good. Kayo. Mm, I'm, um, I'm okay also. Been at home for 17 days. I keep count. Oh, wow. Nakakahabol na ako sa mga movies na binibili ko at hindi ko pinapanood. So that's one silver line. <laughs> Pero my dad also goes to work every other day kasi he runs a funeral home. So oh my there's God. that also. Yeah. So, so we hope your parents, Denny and uh, Paula, are okay. Dana. Yung cousin ko din. Plus our other, yung niya. So we're just watching their updates every now and then. Super familiar now sa Zoom because we Zoom as a family. So lahat kami every... We Zoom as one. So this is what like... This is what like being in Pinoy Big Brother feels like, but we're all in our respective houses with internet. Basically. More like the circle than. Pinoy oh yeah, because may ano pala, may internet. Pero wala kang yeah. ano, wala wala kang eliminate na influencer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well yeah, for me naman, uh, I just released like a mini episode last week with my sister when it started. Um, It's been fine. We've been work. I've been working, so it's nothing really different. And I've had, I guess, measured the same routine except that everything's at home. And I just started exercising again after one week of just yes. eating. Congrats to me. Uh, you can actually go find mga Zumba videos on YouTube, which you can copy at home. Super fun. Then, um, yeah, I don't think I can jog because. I don't know what will happen if I do jog. I don't think so. So, I mean, I guess it's great that everyone here is pretty much okay in their homes. But, you know, everyone else outside, there's a lot of things happening. And we hope everyone else is safe and at home. Um, 
So, given that we're all on quarantine, we figured out a way, as you may have heard earlier, to continue giving you episodes remotely. And I'd like to thank JC of the Halo Halo Show and Tev. Tevez of the best for giving me tips on how to do this because they're also doing this for their show. So hi to JC and Rika. Um, before we continue, of course, let's dedicate this moment to our frontliners. Let's thank them and the workers for all their hard work to keep our society safe and functioning. They are the ones who are very, haha, oh my gosh, my family. <laughs> but they are the ones who went out to work for us. I mean, out of service and not because we're paying them to do their jobs. Like some people who make signs and say, we went to work for you, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so as much as possible, of course, if you guys can uh, stay home, stay home. And unless there are essential errands you need to do, uh, just do your part and keep safe at home. So, of course, uh, before we begin our actual episode, all our other previous episodes can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and video episodes can be streamed on YouTube and Radio Katipunan 87.9 Facebook page. I would also like to thank everyone for listening and supporting because we just reached number one again on Apple Podcasts TV and Film Charts in the Philippines. So, congrats to us. Um, Thanks then to DJ Alice, who was our previous episode. Um, She was, of course, she's one of the reasons why but of course you know we do good work here and we're happy that people are listening to us uh we're also number 33 on the top 100 podcasts in the philippines in apple Podcasts. so thank you to everyone listening over there sana sa spotify then and encourage everyone of your friends to go listen as well so on to the show ang dami natin sinabi in the beginning syempre you know with the times we also have to discuss that but um, despite the COVID-19 pandemic, syempre, we must celebrate Women's Month and recognize all the amazing women who continue to strive and thrive in this world. So in this episode, This is a Pop 10, we'll be running down some of our favorite women in pop culture. So we've divided them into 10 categories, which we'll be diving into one by one. So ready na ba kayo? Yeah, yeah. Very housemates. Ready na ba kayo sa first challenge dito? <laughs> housemates. Pasok na kayo sa confession room. <laughs> Doon yung challenge, sis. Oo nga. So, okay. Our first category is, category is, Greta Gerwig and her film women. Because Greta Gerwig, you know, she's been coming out with really great films that I feel are very representative of the female life or the female experience. Um, of course, Denny is our resident expert on the Greta Gerwig universe. What can you say about this? Well, okay, so para mag hold, hold court on Greta, so I don't, let me just prep. Okay. <laughs> Breathe. So... Uh, a lot of people know Greta Gerwig because of her two films that she directed. The officially directed by Greta Gerwig, see Lady Bird and Little Women. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure every I ho- I think everyone has seen Lady Bird. Has everyone seen Lady Bird? They better yes. have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And has everyone seen Little Women? Yeah. Yes. I have not they're, they're both- seen her actual uh-huh. acting. I mean, the movies she's acted in, though. But the directing, I have seen. Yeah, that's why uh, I, I mentioned 
mention I wanted to mention her two acting. She also co-wrote uh with her uh she starred in two films for Noah Bombach. Our couple. Bomba, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Yeah. Bomba, the, yeah. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> Start, yeah, she starred in Frances Ha Mistress America, which are I think lesser known movies than Lady Bird Little because Lady Bird and Little Women. They got Best Picture nominations. They got attention from everyone. They're they're very they become very representative of like the female young person who watches movies aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a if you're a girl who watches movies, a a a big touchstone is how you feel about Lady Bird and Little Women. Uh, yeah. By virtue of you know well marketing and also because of their quality. But there's a lot to be said about the first two films she did, Frances Ha and Mistress America, because while Lady Bird and Little Women are explore like what it's like to be a teenage girl, Frances Ha and Mistress America are more adult, like what happens when the teenage girl grows up. Ooh. And even if they're directed by Noah Baumbach, parang they're more Greta Gerwig than Baumbach. If you've seen Noah Baumbach's other films, if you've seen Marriage Story, for example, from last year lang, they're yeah. more they're less like Marriage Story and more like Lady Bird. Because Greta Gerwig oh, okay. co-wrote and she stars in both. And if you haven't seen a Greta Gerwig performance, it's uh, a different experience because she's such a good actress. She's really? one of the most talented comedy actresses I've seen. Uh, and these are and actually on Netflix, Francis, right? Yeah. Francis has. I I remember it's on Netflix. Francis Ha. Yeah, Mistress I think America I is a bit harder it. to find. Yeah, but Francis Ha should be on Netflix, and I think it's one of the best film performances I've seen in how Gerwig creates this character who is both extremely frustrating yet very real. It's very similar to how Lady Bird as a character can frustrate a viewer, but it's also frust- real and you can sympathize with her because her frustrating aspects are aspects we see in people and we can relate to. So Frances Ha pushes that to more of an extreme, uh, which I would guess is why it doesn't have Uh, as much of the mainstream attention as Lady Bird has, but I think Frances Ha is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. It's on my personal top ten, and you know, highly recommend it to Frances Ha. To so really we will be watching that. The Greta Gerwig uh, aesthetic. We will be um, reacting to that when we do see it. But you know, aside from what Danny mentioned regarding her acting career, of course, uh, yun nga, in our circles or the young adult circles, uh, we really have a special place in our hearts for the films that she has directed most recently yeah. little women what do, what do you guys feel about how that represents you know the female struggle or being a woman because little women for me parang what i what impressed it what made what made me impressed about that movie is parang how the different storylines of the sisters were portrayed and how each of them had that struggle especially yung mga monologue nila and dialogue na si um si Sersha and Florence had their own like uh female struggle narratives in that movie because you can't really pit them against each other right so what do you guys feel about that um well i love little women as a book i grew up reading that so it had like a really important place in my identity as a woman i think growing up and um, growing up you see a lot of versions then because of little women and most recently there was 
before Greta's version, there was like a 2016 one, I think, with Lucas Gabriel from High School yeah, Musical. Yeah, I saw that. And it Slim is probably girls, like though. the worst iteration of Little Women I've ever seen. So seeing Greta's take on it, it was... I didn't think a book as old as Little Women could still seem so fresh and could be made to feel so relatable to the modern times. But she did it extremely well. Probably the best version of Little Women I've ever seen. So, I mean, I, I guess because my connection with Little Women talaga is more in the book than the film. So my feelings towards these characters, matagal na siyang nandun. It, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily brought out, hindi siya na bring out of me because of the film. But she did it extremely well. So, ayun. Must Lady Bird yung may emotional connection kasi ako. Mm-hmm. For me, I honestly didn't get, I don't know why, Nicola kung hindi lang siya na require, or I don't know, I never really got to read Little Women as a kid or growing up. So this movie was just so new to me. I knew the gist of the story because of the memes and like, you know, all of the gifs, but <laughs> I'm back. Um, <laughs> uh, Recording okay, from but home struggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, but um, but I really felt I don't know. I just saw it with new eyes, and I really felt all of their struggles, especially Joe Mar- March's character. I don't know. I've I was never for the marriage type or any of all of that. But I get her struggle, especially her monologue. I even noted it down because I really felt it. As in, I watch it every other Oh, acting mo nga. It's parang TikTok na to. Hi! Yes! I'm so lonely. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to try to fight that, yes, we do have ambition, but also it's okay to like other people. It's okay to want connection and want to feel love because it's supposed to be both. I feel like seeing a lot of media, you only get to choose one. Or people Mm. make you feel like as a woman, you only get to choose one. But this movie really shows the struggle of wanting both or like a balance of both, which is why I love it. It's one of my favorites for this year, I think. And I should say... In general, kind of just like shows how there's no one way of being a woman. Being a woman is basically just being a person. Yeah. So you can be whatever you want to be and you're still empowered. You're still the woman that you would like to be. I guess it's tr- yeah. parang it's a representative in a sense of how women in the parang olden times had the, had the struggle a bit harder. But at the same time, it also shows that it's those kinds of um, issues are still present within today. Na parang, parang it's kind of ironic na parang, okay, we're in 2020, but this story that was made by um, Lu, Louisa May Alcott, tama ba? Was like, yep. how many years ago? Yep. I don't even know how many years ago at this point. But um, it's kind of ironic how parang it's still a struggle for a lot of people or a lot of girls, a lot of women to try to be someone in society even if the times have changed. Parang ganun. Yeah. But like, talking about Lady Bird, on the other hand, what made you like, connect to it so much more? I think a big factor is that I came from a Catholic school as well. 
So talagang, it felt like my life. Watching Lady Bird really felt like <laughs> yung sarili kong experience. It was so real. I, I was watching it in the office kasi, oops, sorry, Makan. <laughs> I was watching it while I was working, while during the downtime. And I ended up crying at work. Ganun lang siya ka-tinde. Like, nag-resonate with me. And yung struggle of trying to find your own identity when you're this, like, stuck in such like a small worldview um yeah and the relationship that she had with her parents as well you you want so much for yourself but at the same time you you want so much for your parents you want so much for mm-hmm. your family and ang you struggle lang of balancing all of that and feeling like you owe them a lot and at the same time you don't it's just it was just a clash of emotions. I think generally that's what I feel about Lady Bird. And I think that's what growing up is like. It's a clash of so many priorities and struggles. And I think she just captured it fantastically. And I mean, the cast of characters around Lady Bird herself, parang it's really like also very writ- parang written well and to represent a lot of the people in our own lives. Regardless, I mean, syempre, I guess for women also, it's a bit more yung Catholic girl school, all girls nga. And parang for me, at least, the St. Ignatius part was the funny part for me because St. Ignatius. Mm-hmm. Di ba? St. Ignatius song. But, um, yun nga, it's, it's also a really nice coming-of-age movie in general for me. But, yun nga, the way it was written was just very, like, ang galing na parang tagos sa puso mo na it's, it might be your story nga. And, yeah, pretty much it for my take on Lady Bird. But uh, anything else from Denny? Um, I also think, I, I also find myself more drawn to Lady Bird. Like, I saw it three, four times. No, net, net, I've seen it probably around more than ten times. Just wow. cumulatively scenes from it. Like, it's the kind of movie where there's no bad scene, which is really rare. And I always find myself really affected by different parts, depending on my mood. Like, my favorite scene, my favorite beat from it isn't a particularly memorable scene. It's where um, her, the, the, see, the rich girl, see Jenna, she comes to her house because school was called up early. And then she realizes that Lady Bird lied about where she lived. Because Lady Bird said mm-hmm. she lived in the big blue house. But turns out she lives in the major poor part of town. She lies. And then... She's trying, Lady Bird's trying to explain herself. And then as someone who comes from that sort of socioeconomic background and who kind of mm-hmm. always went to school with people who are more financially well-off, at least when I was younger. So parang, I understood her logic. I understood where she was coming from as a person. And I also understood na yeah. why yeah. Jenna couldn't understand that. Parang, it hit me that Lady Bird captures class yeah. really well, especially mm-hmm. class from the eyes of a young person who doesn't, quite understand a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, teenager who doesn't understand, you know, they're poor or they're lower middle class. She doesn't fully get that. Mm-hmm. So the way she's trying to come across, it, it's very affecting in that sense. I think Greta Gerwig always does a great job of capturing this uh, lower middle class socioeconomic background where they're not poor. Even if they think they're poor, they only think they're poor because everyone else is so much richer. But mm-hmm. she does a great job of capturing the details of that. Like the Christmas scene in Lady Bird where 
the gifts are aren't that big but they're very meaningful the scene where her dad comes in and gives her like a cupcake cake because presumably they couldn't afford a real cake parang yeah. these are the little beats that come across when you rewatch lady bird the big scenes are still great pero you realize that every scene is great and that's what makes the movie so potent it's my favorite mm-hmm. movie of the 2010s so wow and i think parang to have lady bird represent someone's dreams of making it outside of where you reside or parang where you grew up in and try to like move farther away from it while at the same time you know trying to as Paula was saying trying to amend everything else around you and like trying to make things work for all other aspects of your life while still trying to push yourself and parang yung last scenes nga in the end yung uh nasa may college na siya diba or something so that was yeah. really nice for me na parang you parang at the end of the day after all the struggles or after all the being stubborn yourself towards other people or people people <laughs> uh, towards other people like um, you you can still make do with um, what you have and you can try to make something great out of it parang same 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 thing then for Joe March i guess na despite everything yeah. all the challenges that she faced she was still able to find love she was still able to have a career at the same time so it's really nice how greta puts all those like ideas or ideals into her movies and her characters yeah that's what that's what i think i like i find most relatable greta gerwig because her movies are about how we often end up with like the lower budget versions of our dreams <laughs> about how there's not really anything wrong with that. Yeah. It's always about how life pushes back at what we want. And, you know, we we compromise. We want the greatest hits. But there's that scene in Lady Bird where uh, in college, mm-hmm. her date tells her that her uh, her record collection is bad because they're all greatest hits. Mm-hmm. And she says, what's wrong with them? They're the greatest. So, parang, the guy is the correct voice. You can't have a good album with all greatest hits. You Ooh. have to have the good cuts. And I think that's what that scene is that's the cent- that's one of the central metaphors of the movie. Lady Bird keeps wanting to get the greatest hits. She's so impatient to get to the greatest hits of her life. But a good album always has good transition tracks. Yes, I love that. That's, okay. a, that's a nice <laughs> little bow on top of our first entry for our women in pop. So that is our Greta Gerwig love fest. Love fest. Um, so our next category in this uh, women of pop or women in pop is literal superwomen or all the women in our superhero movies. So sobrang dame. I'll just mention some and we can probably take some points out of this. So the first, I mean, of course, recent, most recently we had Birds of Prey. Of course, we have Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, Black Widow, Supergirl. Princess Leia, Rey, and Asuka, and a lot of females from Star Wars, basically. So, um, among these um, iterations or writing of female characters into superhero movies, um, Paula and Dana, I'm curious to find out kung ano yung pinaka nag-resonate or you think it's a parang a nice way that they wrote a woman into a superhero character. I guess I forgot to include them because she's not like technically a superhero, but I've always seen her as that as Hermione Granger. I think for every girl 
who grew up in the 2000s, Hermione Granger is like the super girl for mm-hmm. all of us. Agreed. So I'd like to start with her because she is undoubtedly the most famous for our generation at the very least. And the most impactful, I think, as to how we've started to view smart women. Because mm-hmm. before Hermione Granger, smart women were always very like physically looking nerdy, ganyan, ganyan. they always have to have this transition to look pretty. But Hermione Granger shows that what makes you important is your brains. Like without her, the central character would not have survived. And that's something that Harry reiterates throughout all seven books. She actually has personality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, parang Hermione Granger showed just how ne- necessary a female character was in any storyline. So, I, and she has influenced so many women to pursue things that they actually want to do. Um, I pursued film because Hermione Granger <laughs> inspired me to do what I want, you know? And that's Aww. not just my story. It's the story of an entire generation who grew up with her. And I think without Hermione, like, female characters wouldn't be what they are today. Mm-hmm. Like, nakita nila how important a female representation was in these big blockbuster films. Na hindi lang sila, like Leia, na minsan like, kailangan may sexy scene. Walang ganun si Hermione eh. mm-hmm. So, I just appreciate her existence. Yeah. Mamaya na yung iba kasi pag dire-diretsyo niyo ako, hindi na ako Ayan titik. Ayan na. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, go, go ahead. Well, for me, okay, I did forget Hermione, but she is a big part. Like, as a Harry Potter stan, like, damn, she really... Oh. She really paved the way towards so many, I don't know, to just be okay with knowing a lot and showing it off. As a girl, you're always, I don't know, put down, mo alam, diba? Wow, cool. But yeah. with her, it's fine because it really helps, I don't know, save people or make you a better person to be that. Yeah. Well, th- well, if it's towards superwomen in comics, for example, or in these Marvel and DC movies, I don't know. Every time I watch it with my sister, we're always like, "Oh, hindi kami touchy ng kapatid ko." But whenever we watch it, we're like, "Oh my god, it's that <laughs> moment!" You know, there are always those big superhero scenes, slow mo, and like yeah. all the cameras focusing on them. And you usually see that with, for example, Avengers, like all of them together, all of those superheroes. But when it's so like female superhero, I don't know. It just feel it hits different mm-hmm. to see it them really in that light. I don't know if it's because you don't see it a lot or it just feels so, wow, you can do that. And I want to be something like that. You know, after every movie, for example, Wonder Woman, after you see Captain Marvel, I always feel like attending a, a boxing class or a combat class. Same. Yes, I can do this. If she can do it, I can too. You know? I want to be as badass as they are. Yes. But you know, I'm parang um, what, what yeah. I go ahead, Paula. This is like a meeting. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's harder. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, so I mean... Remaining time natin, guys. 10 minutes oh, na lang. <laughs> for this segment, we have 10 minutes left. But, um, yeah, for me, I can agree with okay. you guys. When, parang, looking back at what you were talking about, Hermione Granger, parang, I didn't, I, parang although I grew up in a environment of women because my pretty much my whole family 
is our women. Yeah. So parang yeah. para parang I didn't really realize how much um Hermione means parang looking back now and hearing what you guys are saying parang her role na it's very central and a lot of people tried to like tell her she's a know-it-all and all that. So it's nice to hear some sort of ano. Pero uh, my question is like of course with the emergence of a lot of this it's like the golden age of superhero movies if superheroes. you could call it that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is the status of the women that are portrayed in it? Are they still kind of tokens lang na parang okay, let, we need to have we need to cater to the female market and have um, Wonder Woman her give her her own movie, Captain Marvel, Black Widow, all that. I don't think they're tokens because if they were tokens, parang um, there's just so much backlash against yeah. all these female superheroes. Kasi. And if they were just tokens, I feel like they wouldn't keep making them given uh-huh. how much backlash there is for some strange reason. Like just the mere existence of Captain Marvel like stirred mm-hmm. a lot of angry that fans, was crazy. which is just stupid, right? Uh-huh. I think also an issue of not an issue but the emergence of more women behind the scenes you know mm-hmm. they know the importance of having female representation because they grew up without them so i mm-hmm. think pushing for more there are more women just behind the scenes pushing for more female representation which is fantastic i mean at first we had we just had like um black widow who is my favorite to be quite honest but um, and whose movie you know, has been moved that. indefinitely? Like, <laughs> Sadly. No, like sobrang struggle <laughs> talaga ni Black Widow. Been clamoring for a film since the first Avengers. Inabutan pa siya ni COVID. Yeah. I know, right? But yeah, she was for the most part of the first Avengers movie and even in Iron Man 2, just like this sexy assassin. And mm-hmm. I think like as the stories progress, parang they realize na we can't just keep playing her this yeah. way. So... Through like Black Widow and all of these like initial female superheroes, parang they started writing them a little bit better. Um, I like how Captain Marvel is so annoying to so many people because she's just a woman who does not give a fuck about what everyone <laughs> uh-huh. thinks about her. Yeah. She will just act the way she does. And I think it's so important to know then why people are annoyed at her mm-hmm. because people don't like seeing strong women. Uh-huh. Yes. It's very, very annoying. Mm. Right? It's something we should change. So, the emergence of all of them, even like Leia coming back and being like this badass general. Yeah, compared to the first. Yeah, yeah. As a princess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like this change in showing more leadership roles for these women, ang... Um, Ang uplifting because it's like little girls now. This is what you can be just mm-hmm. because you're a woman. Like, doesn't mean yeah. And we were talking about this in the time. very first episode of Popcorn, if you remember, Paul. <laughs> um, we were we did, talking yeah. about yeah, nga, we parang that scene in uh, Marvel's uh, may Marvel talaga, Avengers Endgame with all the female heroes coming together. It's really a nice touch, nga talaga, especially for little girls who need mm. someone to look up to. I mean, of course, you can also look up to the male heroes. That's not a question. Oh, yeah, but definitely. To have, to have um, someone who looks like you, who is you, um, in different forms, whether you're um, 
Captain Marvel or your Scarlet Witch or your um, the Wasp or Gamora or whatever. Um, you really have someone to represent you. And parang yun nga, as I was saying in that first episode, my sister really looks up to Supergirl even until now that I stopped watching it. She's still watching it. And it's nice to have to see nga na parang these kinds of characters uplift people and make them feel like they can do things. Yeah. Parang yung ano rin kanina na from having a more realistic take on the female narrative like Lady Bird to having like superheroes naman. So parang it's nice to have these kinds of um, characters and the developments and how they they can they, they um how audiences can res- resonate with them especially young girls. Yes. Yeah. And especially also yung sa Birds of Prey um yung I love Birds yung, of Prey. It's a very I think it's a really <laughs> nice framing of um Harley Quinn without the male gaze and um mm-hmm. that scene with the yeah. You need a hair tie. It's very, parang, I see it a lot in my friends. And <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's a really nice touch. Na, you know, a lot. It's like a normal female thing to the do. The best. Yeah. Yeah. Parang kulang na lang pumunta sila sang, ng banya together, which they did not do. <laughs> <laughs> but like talking about, you know, Birds of Prey and how women, female superheroes will be written in the future, I just want more colored representation siguro because so far like the most famous ones they're all Caucasian mm-hmm. which I mean gets I get why that's the case mm-hmm. but at the same time I am excited to see more Asian superheroes more African American superheroes Indian alam mo yun, like just yeah. give us a whole range like we, well, I, we're gonna I be having... don't just want white women at the forefront we're gonna be having Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel sometime yeah. soon, and um, I think Sea Wave will be having some sort of appearance sometime in the future, as in the first yeah. Filipino Filipina Marvel yeah. hero. Um, after Shang Chi, it will be spinning off from that, so we'll have to see. But that's exciting who they cast as a Filipino hero. Although I mean, see, Ella J Basco was is Filipino and was in Birds of Prey. So that's also and um see Uy, we uh, forgot our own female superhero. Of course. We didn't talk about Darna. Yeah. I mean we always talk about Darna <laughs> on this show. Um pero <laughs> We do we always talk about Darna. We always do. Ever since episode 1 we talk about Darna. Uh, yeah. we will have to see how they portray her in this latest iteration. I mean Paula has like insider details on that as always and mm-hmm. so does Dren the Great. <laughs> um, pero I, parang recently wala pa tayo masyadong superheroes in the modern day I mean we've had Darna Angel Oxin and the Marian Rivera versions but um, in the 2010s parang wala pa masyado aside from yeah. like Vice Ganda's Ganda Rapido or something <laughs> okay so any last words on the superhero superwomen keep making them you know <laughs> Keep making yeah. more. That's Mulawin was great. So Mulawin and Encantadia. While I personally did not watch continuously as a child, um, I know it was very important to a lot of girls. Yun nga, to see Filipino women patalaga. Like it was mm-hmm. that really good age of GMA fantasy. Fantaseries, you know, exactly. Yeah, the fantaseries. 
And I think it was just generally a good age of fantaseries. Um, and the, the showcase of a lot of women in these shows was just, you know, um, especially I think Encantadia, no? Na para. Encantadia was mostly women. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like four women. Yeah. Parang parang Winks Club pero mga elementals or something. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't. I'm not really a kapuso, so I can't really say. It. But um, yun nga. Pati, I, kasi I'm personally we watched Marina at home more than Encantadia or Mulao. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Marina was not just some random mermaid in distress. I think she actually had uh, mm. her own agency then, in a sense. That was 2003-ish. Yeah. The height of Claudine Barreto's career. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think, I think naman nag-ano din siya, nag-develop din yung nag-develop din yung mga uh, strong women, in a sense, na hindi lang sila nag-aaway or something. Um, mm. Si Anne Curtis din had Josa for a time, right? And Jezebel. Yeah. 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 I, I, shows. I, I, so it's nice. I mean, we hope the new Darna really kickstarts another era of um, women in power in the Philippines. Because we, parang lately, there haven't been any good representations or like strong representations. I mean, there are other types of not women, but in leading roles. Yeah, yeah, not in leading roles. Yes. I mean, I guess later we'll be talking more about other roles of women in uh, Philippine cinema. But uh, yung mga ganyang types of roles, as aside of course from the Encantadia and Mulawin reboots or spin-offs. Remix, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, as that's aside from the fact. So I guess that's pretty much it for our second segment, which is women in power. Um, super women in power. Um, our third category is mom. I'm just calling it mom. <laughs> so this is for all the for all the moms in media, TV, movies. Um, of course, we can't help but um, love our moms and see our moms in uh, different ways on screen. Of course, we'll probably have our own Mother's Day special sometime in May when we're, we can all probably be together. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully. <laughs> Pero I guess I have some few examples of moms in movies that I'd like to um, I'd like to mention. I guess number one na doon si Ate V sa anak. Um, yes. I mean, that's very the power mom of the century. Probably. Because, yeah. um, you know, parang all the sacrifices that she made in that movie to make ends meet for her family. Si Josie, Ate Josie. <laughs> um, it's just really yeah. like, it shows the struggle of like being a mom, trying, being a working mom more specifically and being a working mom abroad. That's make, that makes it yeah. even worse na you don't get to see your children yeah. grow up and then when you go see them, they're like um, really bratty and rebellious, like Claudine Barreto in that movie. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, you know, parang. Um, so, let's go Claudine Barreto. Puro Claudine Barreto examples pala tayo in this episode. But, yun, <laughs> pati, yung parang mga ganung seeing, you know, how much they work hard. And, you know, you're just thankful na you're given a mom who can like 
do everything and bear everything on your behalf, even though you don't know the struggle of being a mom. And I think you feel the I same think, about this character, correct? Yeah, I think like Vilma San, oops, cars. Bawal sa labas! But I think like this representation of what a mother is like, kasi sobrang laki ng influence ng anak, kind of trickle down as to how um, local cinema kind of portrays moms now. It's always very, ganun, mabigat. Typically, sobrang bigat nung um, pag-represent natin sa mga moms in Philippine cinema. Which isn't a bad thing. Because being a mm-hmm. mom is probably one of the most difficult jobs out there. But it says a lot about how m- moms here really connected to that portrayal of mm-hmm. what being you know, a woman is like in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> Excited na ako to get to the next example. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I think mas modern pa. I mean, mas um, a, a few years after Anak, siyempre came Ang Tanging Ina, um, yeah. which was a series of four movies, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. which I all watched. And that I watched was them really, all in the cinema. <laughs> that was all classic I Idol as Alas. Um, and I think... Probably her best one... Yeah. Her parang that's what she's most known for in our generation at least. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, really yeah. made an icon out of that character, si Ina. And parang siya, of course, uh, you can't discount the fact that it's kind of like uh, what movie were they trying to make kind of cheaper by the dozen Filipino edition. But mm. they really made uh, it Filipino in a sense na you know, she's a single mom who's had multiple children through different uh, men, which is funny enough as a, <laughs> as its own situation. And in that first movie na ilang buro yung pinuntahan niya dahil lagi siyang malas sa guys. Ganda. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the opening classic. sequence. Saka yung ano, saka yung Tenten, yung hindi oh, <laughs> <laughs> makarinig si Tenten. And I think um, <laughs> I really applaud Ina Especially in the second movie, where she became the president of the Philippines, right. Na, you know, <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> and looking back on that um, second film, parang comparing it now to the different administrations or the the administration we're facing now, like what a joke. Um, parang we kind of wish we have Ina Montesilio as our president instead. <laughs> and parang, champagne. Oh, yeah. uh, like in a heartbeat. Yeah, pero syempre, um in a sense we but do yeah. have um VP Lenny as kind of our mom who looks after us. But it's kind parang ano lang din um as an aside from that. I mean, it's still very representative of what Filipinos look for in their um governance na parang why does it have to be a tatay figure or a mother figure? Na parang the fa- the familial um, yeah. the familial uh, yearnings of a Filipino in not just in their own families but also in a bigger scale and I guess it really represented it well and I hope you uh, we'll be talking about that later on in the show where the government and people surrounding it <laughs> pero ina I mean, even towards the last movie which she had, which was the ending Kabisote 
crossover, which was kind of weird yeah. at that point. I mean, it was still funny. It's kind of a bad movie. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's it's still nice the fact that they that she as a strong female lead with her best friend then and uh, confidant si Eugene Domingo. Eugene Domingo always Eugene plays Don. really good characters and I forget. It's just, parang, I also hope that we have more characters or movies that portray that type of um, feminism in a sense. And I, I guess it's kind of ahead of its time then. I mean, probably if we watch it now, it's kind of like outdated na rin. Pero, I guess it's a classic na in a sense also. Yeah. And Shempre, speaking about ma- speaking on uh speaking about moms, Shempre nandoon yung moms ng four sisters and the wedding si Connie yeah. Reyes and the mom of Vico Soto, of course. <laughs> Just to put it out. There. <laughs> Just to put it out there. V Vico. Yung dream mother-in-law uh, nating lahat. <laughs> uh, it's also it's nice then to have that kind of you know, although she wasn't really a huge part of the movie, um, her role in it was also important, I think, in I think the family dynamic. Just, yeah, exactly. Parang how much her daughters really craved that, yun yeah, na maging paborito ni mama, na mm-hmm. to be the child that your mother is most proud of or can look at and say na, yun yeah, natutuwa ako sa kung anong ginagawa ng anak ko. And, yeah. Yeah, I I think like who these characters were shaped to be all connected back to their relationship with the most important women in their in their lives, mm-hmm. which is their mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And aside from that, um, any anything else about Four Sisters? Wala masyado masasabi about that. But I think I mean, it's a good movie. Watch it. It is. <laughs> Kakagawa ko lang ng TikTok re- recreation of uh, Reb Reb. I saw. <laughs> um, I, saw. I think she's not really a mom in a sense, but she's kind of like a movie mom, Julie Andrews and her different roles. Julie Andrews, she is. Um, she's course, more grandma. I think her grandma. grandma but I guess in, a, in, a, in Sound of Music, she was a stepmom and she was really great as a mom in a sense. Um, yeah. And... The Princess Diaries. Of course, we'll just say Grandmom instead. But um, Julie Andrews also is a really great actress. And I love her. She's my lawless idol. So I feel like... That's so cute. Bring shame to my family. Aww. Yeah. As in like her haircut is cut that way because it's Julie Andrews' signature look. And she would not change her haircut like ever, like, ever since. Like since she got married. She has not wow. changed her haircut because Julie Andrews has not changed her haircut. <laughs> so Julie Andrews is just like everything to me. Okay, so that is it. Any other moms you'd like to mention? Of course, we love our moms. So hello Early to our moms. moms. <laughs> <laughs> so Mother's Day. Let's keep it for yeah. Mother's Day special. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so Those are our first three categories for our Pop 10 Women in Pop. We will be back after this short break. back here on Popcorn for our Women in Pop special to give tribute to our favorite women in Coachella. pop culture for 
the Women's Month celebration of 2020, which we haven't been really celebrating because of all this COVID madness. But previously, yeah. we mentioned our first three categories, which were the Greta Gerwig Women in Film, Literal Superwomen in Film, Moms, and now we head to our fourth category, which is So Bad But So Good. Um, this is our category for women who aren't necessarily like the ideal type of women. Um, I mean, not the goody two-shoes for sure, but they are women in their own right and they deserve to be recognized as well. So um, somebody wrote here who would like to mention oh, that. Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I personally like this category because I stand... I mean, I know they're bad, but as the category says, they're so good. Whoever placed them really placed them well. And I think... You're welcome. Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> there's beauty in seeing women who aren't perfect because because if you think about it, no one is, and thanks mm-hmm. to them, you know, it's not that it's okay, but you get to see now, okay, yeah, nobody's perfect. We strive to trying. be better. Yeah, we strive to be better people. And of course, um, yun nga, syempre, lagi na lang uh, portrayal sa women na, oh, okay, you have to be goody two-shoes, you have to be the smart one yeah, or happy. something. But these women in film or TV shows prove otherwise, but prove that they're still pretty good characters that develop and become greater people or better people in the end of their show or movie or whatever. So first, of course, we'd like to talk about Fleabag, the epitome of so bad but so good. So, I mean... I love her. This is the end time we're uh, talking about her, but she deserves it. Um, I think... Yun nga, pinaka, pinaka epitome ng, ng category na to is Fleabag na, you know, you see her make all these wrong decisions in her life, whether it's in her love life or dealing with family or her best friend. and um, at the, But at the same time, you see that she's really trying hard to become a good person or try to be the best possible version of herself. But, you know things happen and it's it's a really nice representation uh, especially in the second season if you haven't seen it yet spoiler alert with the hot priest and uh, it's just uh, uh, for me it's refreshing to have uh, parang some sort of headstrong woman na although she's stubborn and she does the wrong things that she's proud of her actions and she wants parang she still wants to change and still wants to become a better person. Yeah, and she's aware of her actions. It's not like she does them just because, you know, after, especially season two. Sorry, but just spoiler na lang. I loved her monologue at the confessional. Oh where, God. yeah, the one, ano to? I kept the file of, I really keep files of really nice the, monologue. Ano, the, I, want, I want someone to tell me what to do. Yes! yes every day! Oh my God. Because she feels like she's doing it wrong. Oh, yeah. it. Same. Is that thing that you want to do the right thing, but you're not sure if what you're doing is correct? And it's always just this constant like struggle within yourself to find that way. But how much easier would life be if someone could just tell us? Mm-mm. Yeah. How fun. That takes the fun out of it. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But I think. That's a nice touch then from Phoebe na um, you have to, parang uh, Fleabag keeps on looking at the camera to ask or to talk to 
no one essentially yeah. and say her decisions. But at the end of the day, parang you have to decide for yourself and you're just like putting it out there and no one's gonna tell you what to do and you have to decide on your own what you're gonna do about it. And it's I, I guess it's a nice touch na may fourth wall breaking, breaking of the fourth wall there and yun nga. So aside from Fleabag, any last words? I think Denny would like to say some words on Fleabag. Wow. <laughs> um, well, I I don't know if I can say anything about Fleabag that hasn't already been said about Fleabag. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it was the TV event of 2019 uh-huh. uh, for all sure. intents and purposes. It's, and we had yeah. the Best so of 2019 I I, segment for it. <laughs> yeah, we, we went on so long on Fleabag. Yeah. So, parang, I think every everything that has been said about Fleabag has been said. But I will um, mention a show that, that is also that I think if you like, if you love Fleabag, you'll also love it. Uh, mm-hmm. Craig's girlfriend is very similar, mm-hmm. I think. Fleabag, yeah. In that it also is centered on a headstrong female character who's intelligent but self-destructive and is prone to making poor decisions because she's not entirely sure of who she is. And it's also a musical. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a musical TV show. So I think the shows are very similar in the sense that if you like one, you will definitely like the other. Unless you're the kind of person who doesn't like musicals, you know, uh, then you won't. Pero it's, they're, very, they're spiritual twins. Well, spiritual triplets. It's si si Bojack Horseman. Sa spiritual triplets nila na. They're all shows. I think that if you like one, you like the other two. And I'm not just saying that because I love all three. I think they're very similar in the themes they explore about See? how getting better is not linear. And that to backslide or to do bad things, it's part of the getting better process. It's not that you do a bad thing and suddenly all your work is like gone. It's the process of bettering yourself as a person. Is difficult, and I think that's something all three shows um, articulate very differently in their own ways. Uh, one is one breaks the fourth wall, the other is animated, the other is a musical. So these three shows really get into their characters' heads. So they're very meta and very geared towards a specific perspective. So and while Feedback li- is the event show, the other two are also you know worth watching. And I'd like to add the fourth quadruplet into that uh, mix. I think uh, Eleanor of The Good Place fits very, fits that bill very well. Um, yes. In a sense na it's also the same trajectory of, you know, being a not-so-good person and going to the good place, quote-unquote, the good place, and really trying to make amends with your mistakes on Earth. It's uh, it, For me, it ended really well also, that show. We weren't able to talk much yeah. about that, the ending. But um, it's really nice then, uh, you know, you, you really see how people can change. Although you start off at this point, um, you can become a different person and in, the end, in the end of uh, your life or in the afterlife, if the afterlife exists. And um, Eleanor is a good example of that. Um, I guess it's not much a stereotype, but that trope in this sense. Yeah. So bad, but so good. But bouncing off of the good place, I think Tahani represents a different kind of struggle about uh-huh. being a woman in the sense that you're expected to be this 
perfect, polite, like capable of planning all these events and knowing all these people kind of mm-hmm. version of a woman. Uh, I think every girl has kind of had that expectation like dropped upon them in one way or another. And her embracing that she can be so much more than the expectation that society wanted her to be. Mm-hmm. I think like the honey's ending in the good place, spoilers, I guess, like for people who haven't seen it, is my favorite because she really goes beyond what we all thought her character could go. She mm-hmm. becomes a much more caring person, a more like less self-absorbed. And I think that's what a lot of women mm-hmm. are portrayed to be. Like in a lot of these comedy shows, women are always vain and the fashion, all of these things that you think are bad. But when you look at the honey and the good that she's done and like her influence when they were trying to transform bad people like into good people, these traits of hers weren't seen anymore as a bad thing, but rather like a good way for her to connect to people and that yeah. I, I just love her. I think People talk about Eleanor so much. Now we forget how nice the honey's journey of self-acceptance uh-huh. yeah. also is. And yeah. I think to add to that, um, yung storyline yeah. with Camilla, na her sister, na parang mm-hmm. like, people are yeah. Parang why do you have to pit women against other women? Na it's part mm-hmm. of the, It becomes a part of Tahani's main struggle in life. Na she has to be better. She has to do better than her sister all that time. But like, yun nga, eventually she does become a selfless person. So Dana, I think, will say something additional stuff about the honey. Yeah. Like, I, I, similar to your point, that yeah, she was definitely pitted against her sister, who was another fellow powerful woman by their own parents. But a big part of how they resolved that is realizing that yung sa art, I think it was about the abstract art of Camilla or something, they realized that all they wanted to be was, you know, to just go through it together. And, you know, they made their both of their parents proud anyway. So it really is something you can, like the community aspect of it, that we really don't need to pit women against each other. We can just be awesome together, you know, especially the both yeah. of them. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Supporting women. We shouldn't pit them against each other. I mean... There's there's definitely a space for everyone. Uh, I guess yeah. we'll be talking more on that later as well. Um, ito hot takes na tayo on uh, so bad but so good. Would you categorize um, Amy Dunn from Gone Girl as a woman that's so bad that she's so good? Well, the performance is really good. She's definitely so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always have this like controversial opinion in my circle of friends about Gone Girl because I did not like it the way that a lot of a lot of them did. Mm. I don't really like Amy Dunn. I think she's a bad person. But agree, like her performance was absolutely yeah. fantastic. But and she's a well-written character. But uh-huh. I don't find myself supporting her or cheering her on like I never saw her as that kind of person nah, I wanted her to win I kind of wanted both of them like silang mag-asawa to fail because they were both horrible people <laughs> they both are yeah, terrible. terrible that's why that's yeah. why they deserve each other they, they do <laughs> honestly 
Sorry. I, mean, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, at, at the end. No? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the book kind of ends it a bit differently or mas marami yung laman ng book. Mas meaty siya, in a sense. I, I'm, I'm not, I haven't seen the film in a while. Pero I can agree with Paula that I wouldn't really say she's so good because she's so bad. But she's good at being bad. That's what I can say. <laughs> I would be frightened that anyone who saw Amy Dunn as an aspirational figure. <laughs> you'd, I think, you'd be surprised at yeah. how well, many people I know. It. It's, that's not... That's not... They're both sociopaths. They're no good. Like, I guess it's like it's, a very, it's very human to want to be sympathetic to a character in a story. But... There are no good people in Gone Girl. Uh-huh. There's there's not a lot of good people That's in Gone so Girl. Neither yeah. of the leads are g- good characters. They're fun to root for, but they're morally not. They're not yeah. morally great. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun it's a fun movie and fun story. Yeah. I mean, I fun guess to analyze. I... taking off from Amy Dunn, this is more agreeable that Sharpe Evans is actually. So bad that she's. Oh so my gosh! Bad. Very far, yeah. I mean, I coming have off of our. Pro <laughs> we have we had our HSM episode talking more about this, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess she really is um, so bad that she's go- so good, and she's not really a villain in my. And she's um, not. She was just an books. ambitious girl. Never. Yeah. And this I is kind her. of like our taking uh taking off point for for our next category, which is lady bosses or boss bitches. Uh, I guess it starts with Sharpie in a sense. Nah, you know she just really yeah. knew what she wanted and she went That's for it. Boss, yeah. And everyone yeah. just really uh everyone just really like villainized her for like being ambitious and doing what she loves. I and mean, of course she. Nice girl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she kind of did some things that aren't really agreeable or necessarily like good. But at the end of the day, she was really more of a villain because people were taking what she really took pride in and kind of made made and it worked made, hard yeah. for. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, aside from that, talking about people who aren't really villains. Uh, I guess we can talk about Miranda Priestly a bit from The Devil Wears Prada and who the real villain of The Devil Wears Prada is. I saw is. that tweet and I had a response to that particular tweet <laughs> yeah. about how Nathan is the real villain of uh, The Devil mm-hmm. Wears Prada, which I agree, he was a horrible boyfriend to Andrea, uh, not being supportive. But I can't say that Miranda Priestly wasn't a villain as well. Like, yes, she was an yeah. ambitious woman. Yes, she was very successful in her field. But I think no amount of success should ever warrant you to treat anyone as horribly uh-huh. as she did. And yeah. I love her. Like, I love the character. But I would never want a boss like her. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, period. Iconic yung entrance. Going up the elevator. Yes. Yeah. Um, in a way, I kind of want to be that. I mean, not fear, pero yung sobrang like pag, respected. Pag yung, yung pagdating mo sa office, parang inaabangan ng lahat ng tao. In yeah, way, uh, 
I mean, I guess she just had her own struggles as well. I wouldn't really oh, yeah. say she's the greatest person out there. I mean, she's qualified yeah. and she's really good. But she also had her own, you know, bad habits or bad um, ways of treating people. Mm. I guess, uh, Dana, we were saying something. I think it was, I think, sign of the sign of the times. I mean, it's not super old, but it was, what, early 2000s? Right? Yeah. I think back then, it wasn't as um, a thing to uh, mix both. You were either the bitch boss or super kind Andrea Pye, who struggled. You, you know, that power struggle. It's very rare. For, well, lately, lang natin nakikita yung, yung mix of both. Where, yes, it is important to in power, but you don't have to step on anyone to do that. I think it's just the sign of, I guess, Miranda Priestley's time where you really had to do that to maybe to get up. Get Although, uh-huh. yeah, I, th- I like that a lot more modern shows change that already because you really do still have to be kind and to, you know, create a community even for other people like you to also rise up. Ayun. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so, can I just go back for a second? We forgot so, so bad, so good ang Mean Girls. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Oh my God. And we forgot yeah. Ocean's 8. Ocean's 8 was also really good. Underrated female yeah. movie. I just wanted to mention Mean Girls as like a very impactful female film. <laughs> great film, great I love musical. Tina Fey. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And I guess I um, sa lady bosses or boss bitches. I'd like to mention Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation. She's yeah. really one of those characters um, who really represent ambition in a good way, and also in a sense na of how She's people the boss con- I wanna have. exactly na yes. all, parang people find you weird and people find you like masyadong ambitious sa ganyan. And she proves otherwise na with good parang leadership, with good relations with your people, you can really be a good person people can look up to. And not just in a personal sense, but also in a government uh, yeah. in a government setting. Of course, Parks and Rec is uh, actually a government institution. And Uh-oh. you know, <laughs> yeah. to have we need leaders like that. Na we have to aspire to. Hopefully, we'll be talking more about that later as well. I think see, si Anarin. Um, aside from Leslie, um, another kind of problematic, but I guess strong woman for me is Annalise Keating from How to Get Away with Murder. Um, she's struggled through a lot in her life as well, and she's really, I mean, also becoming. Also, being a minority in America, uh, it's part of her storyline. And, you know, to rise above all the struggles that people put her through and still be someone that um, her five, Keating five, look up to, even though may mga nagawa na sila, all that. It's a, it's a, it's a nice um, female representation for me. What can you say about Annalise, though? I think for all of these characters where they do technically, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't want to meet them because, you know, the things they've done, very scary. I don't want to be in that yeah. kind of environment. But it is yeah. good to have those types 
of women represent not represented because we hope no one's like that in real life but that type of depth and the three dimensional that's the kind of writing mm. or complexity that we need to see from a lot more of women characters female characters i think and i think that's one thing Sean, the characters yes. um, yeah. really yeah. shine through Parang that's she how they has very well written strong characters like I mean I haven't characters. seen scandal for myself but I've heard that Olivia Pope yeah. is a really good character as well also, so, it's it's a great anatomy then diba yeah Sandra O's character in Grey's Anatomy is everyone's personal yeah. favorite and that says a lot about how she was written yeah oh, so I any add on lady yeah. bosses din pala um L Woods. Oh yeah. A very different kind of lady boss. <laughs> but super love I love her. Like Legally Blonde is my favorite musical of all time. Oh, then, yeah. Which is so weird. But I think L Woods is this embrace your girly side, pero pwede ka pa rin maging boss bitch kind of person. She's just great. Uh, right? Like Yeah, um, yeah. Especially now, like um or at least when I was like a teenager, parang I hated like the girly side. Yeah. Parang you know, girls talk about fashion, yung ganyan, ganyan. Like you kind of look down on them. But Elle Woods helped me realize that no, like these things about that are normally associated to, to being like a woman, being female, feminine things. Like just because you enjoy them doesn't make you weaker, doesn't make you like any less powerful. It's just, you know, you're just a person who enjoys things and you, you should be allowed to enjoy what you enjoy. And Elwood's is such a great representation of that. And a very positive one. That's true. And I think with the characterization of Elle, na everyone's belittling her but just because she's in pink or she has fluffy outfits yeah. or fluffy notebooks and she has her dog. She has blonde hair. Exactly. I mean, all yeah. those things, I think, could represent also the struggle that people face na just because you're a woman. I mean... I guess that's the whole theme naman of this yeah. whole episode na, you know, people or men, trashy men, um, <laughs> really, like, belittle you for things that are just you or just, it's just part of you and how you um, deal with your life and you're not really even, like, meddling with their affairs and Elwood's really pushed through in the end and proved that um, she could make it as a Harvard graduate. Yeah. Even though like her even though her reasons for going to Harvard were pretty problematic in the first place. That's true. I mean, valedictorian naman siya. Nagogi naman siya. And she got a new guy. <laughs> That's what's important. Yeah, a better one. Respect her. Yeah. She won her case. That was what's important. Because she knew what a perm was. <laughs> yeah, so she knew she knew the proper per maintenance guys. I love Elwoods. Yeah. So that is it for our fifth category which is uh, lady bosses or boss bitches. I'd also like to mention the song called uh, Boss Bitch, Boss Bitch. on the Birds of Prey. It's by Doja Cat who is super famous. Right Doja now. Cat. Yeah. It's I a really it's a really nice song. Boss Bitch, go listen to that. So, we're here on the second half now of our Women in Pop. We're in category number six. 
which is women in music. But before that, let's announce that Dana's having connectivity problems. So she'll yeah. probably be joining us again sometime within this second half. But let's proceed to our women in pop. Of course, these are the women in music that we think are very representative of the different types of women that you can experience or the different struggles you can experience as a woman. Um, well, I guess let's begin with my favorite and Paula's not so favorite. I told you not to mention it. <laughs> You're not going to be very, bashed. It's fine. Very quiet about this side <laughs> <of> myself. <laughs> but anyway, okay. uh, of course, Taylor Swift for me is a really good example for a lot of women out there. Um, although she has her privilege, admittedly naman, um, and she also admits it herself, um, you know, she's paving the way for a lot of artists that don't have the same power as her or don't have the same amount of respect as she does at this point in her career. And I mean, the actions that she's made, um, although also serves herself, it serves a lot of the younger artists that can't really decide for themselves or can't really like push for themselves like she can do now that she is Taylor Swift. Um, Siyempre, um, we all know every her history basically. Um, and she just came out with the documentary Miss Americana which is on Netflix. Uh, and she just came out with the new single The Man which is also, you know, kind of a representation of a lot of the female struggle as well. So I think uh, Taylor, of course, is uh, one of the women in music who are who is making changes for younger women out there and younger artists in general as well. I think um, although not everyone will like her, um, it's fine. I mean, she's still making changes and she's, I guess there's some sort of progress that she's initiating um, contracts, Spotify before. For me, those are like good points, especially seeing that in person also on the ground with my uh, job. So that's you we have a whole episode about Taylor Swift, so I'm not gonna speak more about that. <laughs> I think like we can't talk about women in music without talking about Madonna. Uh-huh. Um, she yeah, was Madonna. the woman of music. Yeah, of the 80s and 90s, like early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, sobrang laki ng nagawa ni Madonna in shaping what pop music looks like for women. Uh-huh. She was just so out there and really became, you know, like that particular gay icon. Or, or like was... feminine icon. Uh-huh. Her and Cher just broke so many, like Cher buys, like so many uh-huh. boundaries as to what you can do and how women are portrayed. And I don't think pop would be what pop is now, female pop in particular, uh-huh. without these We wouldn't have women. our current queens without the yeah, traditional like, classic queens. Lady Gaga, who we all think like Lady Gaga is the super revolutionary artist. Yeah, yeah. She came out in 2008. And, you know, for our generation, she was. She is. She but, was. Yeah, yeah But I think if you talk to a lot of people who grew up with Madonna, parang sila yung nune. She was uh, that... Um, she shook the industry. And yeah, she was very unapologetic about who she was and her sexuality as a woman, which is important. Yeah. 
because uh syempre, especially in the Philippines parang you have to be like the virgin type or like pabebe yeah. type woman parang you really have to like act the part of like innocent but Madonna for example or Lady Gaga or even Miley Cyrus now um yeah. are all representations too. yeah Beyonce naman I guess uh it's a different narrative then on her end yeah but um Madonna nga for sure um she's paved the way for all the artists that we always talk about these days like yeah. especially Lady Gaga I guess kasi sila yung pinaka-compare na they even have a feud before na Lady Gaga yeah. versus Madonna whatever but again it's another case of um women against other I think women. women versus women yeah, yeah yeah but um aside from them who do we want to mention I love Britney I grew up with Britney and her Britney Britney's like, latest socialist um I love post. her See, Britney has always been that bitch for me. Um, she was like my first non-nursery rhyme song. Like, that's how important Britney Same. is to my life. Like, um, yeah, tsaka yung trajectory din ng career niya. Like, she went through so much because she was parang shaped out to be, yun nga, America's sweetheart, America's princess, na kailangan sobrang innocent but sexy at the same time. Like, it was this really confusing brand for her yeah. to have to accomplish and she did it successfully na man like she wouldn't have been that popular than without it but you know it caused her so much problems in her uh-huh. mental well-being which and parang, in yeah. turn like became the 2007 meltdown yeah exactly oh, and no. then when that happened like people turned their backs on her as if a woman can't have a meltdown uh-huh. when she's faced with all of these struggles. Um, but I really love how Britney now has become very apo- unapologetic about who she is. But she's become so much stronger from that meltdown than we all could have than ever yesterday. She... Yeah, stronger <laughs> than yesterday, sis. Um, <laughs> like, her songs are such an anthem. Like, summer anthemic. Mm-hmm. Like, stronger, work. Like, I never work out without listening to work. Like, it's work just, is also in my workout playlist. Right? Like, if I want to do stuff in life, I gotta work for it. And like, yes, yes, Brittany, yes. You want a Bugatti? You want a Maserati? She's just great. <laughs> uh, I just love her. And I think, uh, yun nga, for a lot of the, um, gener- our generation or people older than us, Brittany is one of those um, strong women also who had to go through a lot. And now we see her really succeeding again after all the um, things that she's gone through. And I guess si Christina then, in a sense, related to Britney. Yeah, because um, they were rivals then at the time. Yeah. Why have rivals? You can be all friends. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess now, medyo yung mas generation din natin uh, when we were actually um, teenagers is Miley Cyrus and her journey towards being the crazy person that she is now that yeah. we all love. Um, yeah. Siyempre, ganun din siya I eh. loved Hannah Montana. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, from the Hannah Montana days to the, ano, to the 
Bangers era. Bangers is like the, my favorite Bangers album is a top first. album. Exactly. Best um, album name. Miley is also one of our faves on the podcast if you're an avid listener of Popcorn. <laughs> Notice that we always talk about Miley Cyrus and uh, yeah. who else? <laughs> Everything that we love here. Cardi you Ray talk Jackson, about Taylor Swift a lot. Yeah. Taylor Swift so, is a recurring topic, of course. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah, uh, we all... Miley, yeah, I think yeah. aside from just being a great female representative in spite of all of the struggles that she's been through, she's also fantastic. And for a lot of women in music, I think it's a common theme for really popular, strong women in music that they're also gay icons. You know, mm-hmm. like Cher, Madonna, Britney, all of these women. I think because they exude so much power in their femininity... Uh-huh. That you normally don't see, but as a person that's kind of outside there, but you latch on to that, like you long for strong men are out there. Yeah, women in music are just great. Yeah, and I think uh, si Miley din kasi parang it's also as being a gay icon nga na parang you know aside from being already crazy at this, as it is with her brand and her antics. Parang the fact that she's unapologetic about who she loves also is also nice. Yeah. Na, you know, she can love Liam or she can love some other girl, but, you know, she's still Miley. Yeah. Yada di daddy. <laughs> Dancing with Miley. And I think um, Billie Eilish is also the modern representation of that with... Uh, being different and being yeah. like talented at the same time and not really giving not uh, conforming to yeah, what exactly. society yeah and like on the flip side of her not the man flip side but like in a similar space there's Lizzo mm-hmm. she is my bitch like my current bitch like she's yeah, so yeah. good um, she just exudes so much confidence and typically, like, a woman who looks like her, society kind of, like, pounds it hard that you should not be this confident with your body, uh-huh. with your identity. But Lizzo is just... But she's just happy with who she is. And that's something that I think everybody aspires to have. Just to be that happy with yourself and be that confident with yourself. And listening uh-huh. to Lizzo's music, I think... Parang, even if it's just for, like, the three minutes of her song, you kind of feel that positivity. Yeah, you can yourself. really... Parang, you get it out of that eh, na parang yeah. it's not just her being positive it's like exploded onto you and you feel mm. the confidence yourself and you see you feel happy na you don't have to be like a thin bitch or whatever yeah. <laughs> to like be happy or be successful I mean of course being big has its own risks and on the health level which, yeah, but she knows that. But she yeah, doesn't yeah. need like everyone telling her that, you know. Exactly. I love her. I think. But uh, aside from them, I guess we have modern heart queens of heartbreaks, such as Miss Dua Lipa. Um, you know, with with uh, new rules that yeah. was really popular, and even now really with good. Don't Start Now. And she just came out with a song also recently. And she's coming out with an album already. So it's all exciting. It's really good music from Dua Lipa. And Shempre, uh, of course. Carly Ray. <laughs> Carly. I was going to say Carly Rae Jepsen. We Carly can't not Ray. mention her. Uh, yeah, I was like, why wasn't she on the list yet? So I just added her myself. <laughs> because oh, yeah, that's she's, true. 
because she's mentioned Wait, in every episode. She, yeah. she is. I feel like every episode I'm in with you, like we talk about Carly Rae at least once. <laughs> I mean, you it's gotta. a different. I guess it's a different underdog story for Carly Rae as well. Na, she's still an underdog. <laughs> yeah. still, she's still very much like the one-hit wonder in most people. In, a, in the yeah. mainstream. In the mainstream. A lot, it's either you only think she you think she only did call me maybe or you're obsessed. I really like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's those, no in between. Only think, yeah, there's no in between. It's either you only know those two songs or you know every song. Yeah. I mean I it's still kinda offensive how people just brand her as call me maybe at this point though. And call me maybe is a good song. It's such it a well song. song. It is it's like a pop when song. You, it's so like structurally, it's so good. When the drums come in, yeah, magic, magical dun, song. Dun, 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 like one of dun, one dun, of the dun. best songs of the summers I've had in. I'm my, sure like, that's true. Uh, aside from that, Chamberlain. Oh, like, so big in my freshman year. Yeah, that was my that was my high school like junior senior year. When that everyone was, had the I know had the everyone, Call Me Maybe video. Yeah, that was that was a point Iconic. in my life. <laughs> yeah, I had one of those too. Same. But of course, these are the women of Hollywood or America. Who do you think Wait, in the didn't Philippines? Mention Nikki. Oh, of course, Miss like, Nikki. I need to mention Nicki Minaj. <laughs> like, as a female rapper, like yes, Missy Elliott paid paved the way for female rappers. Yeah. But I think like everyone, or at least this generation, kind of thinks it's Cardi B. But Nicki Minaj, like like. Nicki Minaj walked so Cardi B could run, okay? Like, and Coronavirus! <laughs> the, the, Nicki Minaj's verse in Monster, I think, is still one it's of the... It's still... Yes. One no, of, no. It's a touchstone for me. It's when people... Because it's a minority opinion that Nicki Minaj, I think, it's a minority opinion that Nicki Minaj is not just popular, but also very technically skilled. I usually she just break out the lyric so from verse from Monster. Which and her judging really on hard. RuPaul's Drag Race was also really good. Yeah. <laughs> no, and she's like, you know, she always talks about this. Like, on a technical level, on a writing level, on a flow level, she is so much better than so many male rappers out there. But she does not get as much hype from the, this, you know, that particular industry. Like, we're within that particular industry. People don't see her that way because... Yeah, the Bapanashi is a boy's club. Bitch. Yeah, exactly. What she pro- has proved like time and time again, like, it's, it shouldn't be. Like, she is so much better than a lot of these people out there. And she is such a great female role model. Like, just watching all of her in between sessions during her concerts, like, she always pushes the message of she always wants all of her fans to continue their education, to just be like, be an independent person. She never wants them to be attached to any man or woman or whatever. Like she just mm-hmm. wants you to be able to stand on your own two feet, like the way that she did. And she's just so strong. And I love her. I I don't think she. And I guess without her, or, then I mean we wouldn't have Doja Cat or Cardi yeah. or like Megan Thee Stallion, all these uh, great female rappers also, and. Ano, savage, ganun. <laughs> Sayo ka nga, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> Mamaya na lang. <laughs> Pero, I mean, aside from more Western idols um, in female music, uh, sino sa Philippines sing for you would be Sarah this type? I mean, Sarah Gigi. Sarah Gigi. 
Um, especially now with her personal struggles, then I guess it's really nice to come into her own and like fight for her life, lip sync for her life, yeah. and like fight for her love, basically. Independence, I think most. Uh huh. I mean, it's a whole narrative of being successful as a kid and yeah. growing up into being an even more successful woman. And that's a whole other story to tell. But Sarah G, of course, and Shempe, before her, Regine. Yeah, and, I was about uh, to say Regine Velasquez. All yeah. the, I know. And Pops uh, Fernandez. Also. Uh-huh. Grabe. Andami naman talaga. Okay, so I guess that's it for our sixth category, which is women in music. Um, anything, any last artists to match? I think Rihanna also. Um, she, she fits the bill of so bad, so good. Um, another unapologetic yeah. queen. Yeah. Um, as an entrepreneur. Exactly. Yes. Super I successful in all aspects as well. Um, okay, so our um, next category is Asian and women. Asian in women. Women. Asian, Asian women. women. <laughs> Asian women. So this is where we pay tribute to our fellow Asians, the Asian representation. Uh, of course, we have Sandra O, oh, Lucy Liu, who were classics. Ming Nawen, who has uh ano tawag dun sa Disney something. Na she is the only Disney triple crown. Yeah, Disney triple yeah. crown, where she's the only one who was at this in Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel. One of the yeah, only, or yeah. the only. I think she is the only one who's she been a the... Disney princess, yeah, a Marvel like superhero, and a Star Wars character. I mean, that alone is an achievement. Definitely, she's making all the money from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Shempre, we have for uh, the queen getting coins. <laughs> I know, Sana all. Um, Shempre Sandra O, oh, uh, recently seen in the amazing show Killing Eve, also in yeah. Grey's Anatomy. Um, and the first Asian um, host also, Sandra O oh, of the Golden Globes. That was very. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and the first uh, Asian winner also for her best category. Actor. Yeah, Golden Globes. Yeah. Amazing the year she hosted. Work. Oh, Sorry? really? Yeah, the same year she hosted, she won. Yeah. Yeah, it was like doubly better. Yeah. Because of that, yeah. She's great. Um, who else? Of course, there's Aquafina, a different, parang a different yeah, the... sti- mold naman of um Asian stereotypes mm-hmm. or wala, breaking out of that mold rather. I loved her in Ocean's Eight. Like she was hands down my favorite character in that whole. Uh huh. And even in ano in Crazy Rich Asians, yeah, it was really funny there. The super uh, shout, character. Yeah. Go ahead. Shout out to her in the farewell. Also, yes, just, I was about to you mention. Didn't, you didn't I think have... he had it in her, but she did. That was just a really excellent performance of young a Chinese a Chinese person who's detached from their roots, which I really mm. resonated with me. I have yet film. to see that, but I'm I'm hearing really great it's things about fantastic. it. It's fantastic. I spent eighty percent of the film crying. Wow! I think it appeals so much to like the Asian sensibility and like how we value families compared mm-hmm. to how America or like the West does. And if you're the kind of person that is very close to your grandmother, to your yeah, to your grandmother especially, like it it hits in a very profound way. It's a beautiful film. 
if yeah, you if you're, watch a child. If you're close to your grandma, it will wreck you. It'll wreck yeah, you. Yeah, it did. It it completely wrecked me. <laughs> Sige, but in, in I mean, the best way. Given the quarantine, I guess I will be able to see it sooner than later. Yes, please. Uh, sino pa? Of course, we have Constance Lulu Wang also. Because, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Constance, yeah. Um, yeah, Lulu I guess also directed, by, uh, also directed by an Asian woman, Lulu Wang. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. that's a twofer. From her own experiences as well. That was great. Yeah. Like, the her, it was, gen, it was really based on a true story and her Lola found out because they just couldn't keep her away from the press anymore. She read the review in the newspaper and she's like, hey, this sounds a lot like me. But the, like the so last have, interview have, I read, conversation. the last interview I read, parang hindi pa rin nag-gets ng grandma niya na it was like about her. Kala niya like kwento lang. Yeah, because they really, yeah, they really did their best to not let her know. But eventually she found out though. Ah, uh, okay. Dang. No, but she's still, she's still alive. So, you yeah. Know. Yeah, but I really, okay, anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Constance Wu, I mean, she's a little bit problematic right now, but I love Crown of the Poet. She's fantastic yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, sobrang, you see your mom in her character, even though my mom refuses to admit that she's anything like um, yeah. Constance Wu's character there. Um, I also wanted to mention Ali Wong. She mm-hmm. is probably one of my favorite stand up comedians in, yeah of all time. She's so funny, but I think more women find her funnier than like men do. But it, it speaks about watch like what her. she Yeah, it speaks yeah. about what she talks about then because um that kind of perception of her. But she also did um always be my maybe <laughs> like the American Not the Bay Alonzo movie. <laughs> yeah, the American version of it. And it was a great film. She's also a writer of Fresh Off the Boat. You know, ang dami niya ginagawa with her life. Her book is fantastic. And I think like for female comedians, she's just top tier. And she should be battling it out against, you know, all these male stand-up comedians. She's uh-huh. great. And siyempre, talking about, these are like Asian Americans or like people in the West. Again, let's go back to the Philippines. Um, kahit siguro characters or film, um, parang females in films that you think are really great representations of women, aside from the ones we've mentioned earlier. Like in film? Characters? Or TV, siguro. Or maybe actresses. Maybe, I mean, we have some examples later also. Yeah. Catherine Bernardo like, is top of mind for me right now. Uh-huh. Catherine, Angel. But we'll talk about Angel later because... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, Tina Judy Ann, because they paved the way, uh-huh. you know, these kinds of people. Yeah, Nora Oda. classic. Ate V, Ate Shawi, ganun. Okay, so that is it for our segment on Asian women, or Asian in women, as I mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> so we will go on a short break, and we will be back with more women in pop on popcorn after this break. Mm-hmm. 
and we're back here on Popcorn. For more women in pop, we are down to our last three categories on our Women in Pop special to celebrate Women's Month. And our eighth category is animated gals. Of course, we can't not mention the f- women or girls who um, also show their own femininity and uh, different sides of being a woman in cartoons naman. So I guess let's start with um, for me, yung magandang duality of being a woman that I've seen in an animated uh, show recently is Diane and Princess Carolyn in uh, Bojack Horseman. You guys have to take this because I have not Oh, right. So, Paula will, like, take a break and oh. shut off the spoilers at this point. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. I've already been spoiled. Oh, true. I know, I know the story. Well, yes. for me, maganda rin nga. Um, I mean, we've always, we've been talking about it this whole episode of how, um, you know, women aren't taken seriously and especially if they're going through something or they're trying to be successful and both Diane Diane, English Diane, Diane and uh, Princess Carolyn experienced the same thing, but in different fashions. I think Denny has something to want. He wants to say about this. Um, well, the character of Diane Nguyen is very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's one of my favorite TV characters, maybe ever, mm-hmm. and because her, um, the struggle she experiences between. Wanting to be wanting to be this great person, wanting to become this great writer, but also being just as vulnerable and uh, petty, and you know, just as prone to making um, moral mistakes as the rest of us. I think yeah. that's a very that's a struggle that uh, is universal and is only amplified uh, when you're a woman and also as she is she's asian american so uh-huh. uh the way the show the way the show unpacks the character of Diane Yen to eventually become like a second protagonist after uh-huh. like the show's title is bojack but uh Diane Yen very much becomes like uh the shadow protagonist in the same way that say Peggy Olsen is the shadow protagonist of Mad Men behind Don Draper uh-huh. so uh, in that sense, Diane's unpacking is very much, very existential, very uh, deconstructing the notion of uh, the millennial. You yeah. know, Diane is all the stereotypes of a millennial, but she's also more. And she deals with uh, the same contradictions that uh, people her age, people our age do. Uh, yeah. I think Princess Carolyn, meanwhile, is a more traditional deconstruction of what it means to be a woman, especially uh-huh. in the workplace. And we were talking about that then earlier. Correct. Na, yun nga, parang, being a girl boss is difficult and Princess Carolyn is the girl boss. And, you know, she's had all these struggles of trying to balance her personal life with her work life. Being a friend of Bojack, who's very problematic, as we all know. And also trying to find a life of her own at the same time. Yeah, she's she very much wants the there she wants the picket fence image of a woman, but something in her also understands that she's built for more. So uh-huh. she's it's very much that she wants it all, 
and mm-hmm. that's the i mean it's a you know, like as we've gone through these categories that's been a very universal struggle the idea that you can want and have it all and uh-huh. i think princess caroline is just uh this fantastic deconstruction of the false dichotomy of you're either a career girl or family girl she wants to be both and ultimately she gets to be both if not if not the ideal version of either but a richer version of both yeah and you know they're really great characters in the world of bojack and they really help bojack also in you know uh trying to make it better for him and becoming a better person which i guess a lot of the women in our lives also are there to help nurture us into better people i mean Paula, or you you want to say something? Yeah, I think like the only thing I can contribute to this conversation <laughs> about Bojack Horseman, and only because I've been told this, but about Diane's character and how at the end of it she realizes that she has to stop being that person for Bojack to keep coming back to it, relying yeah. on because if he wants to better himself, it cannot be because of her. It yeah. always has to be through him, and I think her letting go of that kind of toxicity in her life is speaks a lot about you know, that image of what a woman is in so many people's lives na taga nurture taga alaga to be yeah. like that idea that a woman has to fix a man yeah like how let go of that even though i haven't seen like just the idea of it speaks yeah. so much because i know so many girls who were in a relationship and had to be the person to br- to try and bring a guy who didn't want to be brought out of darkness, just constantly doing that. Then it hurt them more than they ever thought it could have. So I yeah. think, yeah, I'm I'm That's glad a there's point. a character like her yeah. to show that you have you have to take care of yourself and not be that nurturing person all the time because it will eventually like. It'll take the yeah. life out of you. Also. I mean, you really can't depend on other people in your life in general to just try to make you a better person at the end of the day. It's up to you and uh, up to, you know, yourself. Parang it's up to your own decisions. Parang you, you can't just stop uh, making decisions just because someone else isn't telling you not to do things. And that's fair. And, uh, Yun nga, parang it's it's a very representative nga na parang okay why does it have to be the guys have to be reckless all the time and people just catch girls will just catch them or your mom will catch you your girl best friend will catch you your girlfriend will catch you or whatever that's the little i can contribute about <laughs> bojack horseman but aside from bojack horseman and the animated women in it uh i guess this is more of a broader topic which are the disney princesses and more of the modern ones for me um shemper we've had elsa rapunzel moana recently vanellope and bo peep even bo peep has like become a feminist icon on her own right but i'd like to think belle uh-huh. And Mulan did 
such a big part of that. Yeah. Also, parang Belle is very synonymous to Hermione to me, which is why it's great yeah. that Emma Watson played both of these characters. Uh, very well, was it end. great that Emma Watson it played wasn't, Belle? I mean, like it wasn't a good movie. I'm just saying it's great that she like these two very yeah, yeah. similar characters are played yeah, by yeah. her. She's just very consistent. In what it was a choice for Disney to cast her. <laughs> I love her anyway. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, um, so, Beauty and the Beast is my favorite of all time. And I agree. I, I understand. Agree. Yeah, I understand why you like the dislike to the live action. Yeah. But I think, I mean, if you talk about animated gals, typically you would think of the Disney princesses. But I would like to go to my childhood shows because that's Powerpuff the Girls. <laughs> Powerpuff Girls, um, Totally Spice. My God, like Totally Spice was just beyond it was just yeah. everything like fashion of its time. and Kim Possible. Kim Possible also. And Kim Possible is so great to me then because her power was cheerleading. That was basically it. She was a good gymnast. She was a good cheerleader. Uh-huh. And because she was a good cheerleader, she became like this really cool And she's not really spy. the cheerleader at the same time. She's like... Yeah, she wasn't medyo, like the head cheerleader. Yeah, so. she was kind of like medyo the weird one na parang, oh, why are you yeah. so boyish? Why is your best friend so weird? Why you not I, like I into him. like girly stuff? I haven't I really seen. I also really loved. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. I also really loved like a very short-lived show, but I think was super important to me growing up. Then was my life as a teenage robot. It like Ooh. I don't know if you you watched Jenny. this. That's yeah, a, Jenny. It's a good show. It's a good show. Right? It's so good. It's so it's well really written good. because aside from her being a teenager and all these teenage struggles, she was literally an outsider. She was different from everyone <laughs> she was a else. Robot. And that yeah, like that feeling as a teenager, na you're not like anyone else. You're, you're this freak. They just rep. They just showed it really, really well and. Just because you're different doesn't mean like you can't be great or like wanting to be normal shouldn't be a bad thing also for girls to so, And aside yeah. from those, for me, I think I'd like to pay tribute to the crystal gems in Steven Universe. I mean, parang yeah. I kind of relate to Steven in that sense that it's all women in my life who make yeah, me yeah. a better person. And That's in great. his sense, of course, uh, it's Amethyst and Pearl and uh, who's the other one? Si Garnet. And, and, you know, these are strong women in their own right. And uh, they helped Steven become a better person because um, Rose Quartz couldn't be there for him. I mean, sila yung mga tita mo sa buhay. Ganun. <laughs> Crystal Gems of Steven Universe. Yeah. Oh, Marceline also from um, Adventure Time. And yeah. Princess Bubblegum. Yeah. yeah. Important animated gals. And I like Korra also. I mean, from The Legend of Korra, a different take on. Uh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I personally don't like her, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I think Korra has gotten underrated, actually, over the years. It's a really good show. For me, I, it's, I really like yeah. Korra also. Toph. Yeah. I would. I must, must oh, yeah. Like yeah. OG Avatar, pa rin talaga. like Toph. Of course. Amazing. And it continues on to the Korra series with mm. how they've grown into yeah. parang Leia Organa, General Leia types yes. in the sequel series, which is great. But for my last bit on this animated gas segment, uh, back to the princesses lang. I want to ask, how do you think classic princesses would act if they were created today? I mean, syempre, ngayon mas ano na eh. 
mas modern na yung thinking about what the princesses are. They're more, uh, they're stronger willed than the ones before, except for Belle and, Belle and Mulan, of course. But yeah. for, I, syempre, it's a sign of the times um, based on how, what time they were created or what year they were created in. But like, for example, if Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty were done today, I don't. Uh, I guess they kind of showed it in the live-action movies, in a sense, but not really. They didn't really update it that much for it to yeah. become like a different approach on it. I don't think Sleeping Beauty would work in today's setting. Same. I can't. I can't see a way for it to work without radically changing the story. I mean, I guess that's why they focused on Maleficent then in yeah. like the live. You action. can't really update Aurora or something. I loved her though. She was my favorite growing up, which is very strange. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, I think, is the prettiest of the old, like in terms of how it looks, the prettiest of the old Disney movies. But you know, that's beside the point. Um. Well, ako, I think I'm in the minority in that I f- I am very cynical about Disney's pivot to pivot to rara feminism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's just because I I think a lot of it is because like that's where that's what people are paying to see. I'm like I I find this very I'm not a fan vis-a-vis like actual like works that show what actual 3D female characters. There's a great Brit Marling essay about how about like the difference between a well-written female character, a rich female character, and the quote-unquote strong female character, which is really just uh, women imbibed with more masculine traits in mm-hmm. often. So I'm uh, I'm not as I'm not bullish on uh, Disney's modernizing of their characters. I mean, Belle and Mulan I think are inherently uh, inherently work already. But I yeah. don't know if uh, Disney's others, all a lot of Disney's the Disney princesses updates upgrades into, I guess, a very like rough approximation of um, feminism. I find is really cynical, and I mean I'm not like, a fan. Could you give I, an example? I'm not, yeah, like a lot of it hits. I mean I don't begrudge people who find these as aspirational or, you know, great. Like, a lot of people thought, say, uh, Moana. I I love Moana. I love Moana. But um, a lot of people, I I don't begrudge people to take her as a role model. But for me, I want more from Disney. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, these princes. I want more from them. And I don't want to pat them on the back as, you know, this uh, big studio that's, uh, showcasing female characters when I I know that they'll stop once people stop buying. I know their the end goal is not representation for them. And you mm. see that in the work. You see that they can push it more, but they hesitate. Mm. So parang I want them to push it more and I don't want to parang I hesitate to say they've made it like they've changed from the fifties and the sixties without seeing that push. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a fair point. Naman. No, no, no. I understand. I think especially for, yeah. you know, a company as big as Disney, when they have the means and, you know, yeah, they have everything that they could possibly need to really create 
different like characters, particularly with regards to the female ones. But they still they play it safe. I agree. Like there's nothing completely new about Moana's yeah. storyline. Definitely. Or you know, these like female superheroes as well. And they I think there's definitely a long way to go before we can say that women are properly mm-hmm. represented and are properly nuanced. Like in I these think roles. we really have to educate men into like appreciating actual female characters for them yeah. to but I guess, like, create these narratives. Where I would disagree, not gonna disagree, but like I don't think as these films generate that much money than we think. Like particularly on the superhero front from for Disney. And even on like the princess one, like, um, like between the beast do as well as they hope, either like all these factors because yeah, there's there's always a pushback by the male audience when uh-huh. they see a woman like at the front of everything. So yes, there's money involved, but I don't think it's that much money than that we think. I guess like as to what they could create like with male content. Yeah. So, Hopefully, like what I'm really hoping is that there are more behind the scenes, and I guess like this is how we transition to our next yeah. topic that really will push for better writing in yeah. terms of these female characters. And you know, I think we there really has to be some sort of movement in how um, people are like educated as people as humans. To, for for them to be able to appreciate what is actually just normal and not really quote unquote progressive because as Paula was saying there's majority of the I guess the thinking behind the decisions the decision making are really based on what these uh, guys will think about how they how these characters are represented also at the same time. And that's a lot of the struggle that are being faced. Tama ba? Am I saying it correctly? Paula, what do you think? Paula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, in that sense, I can't really speak for women, of course. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, but I mean, in terms like, of I like educating, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, that's part of the movement also, aside from having more women involved in behind the scenes. And speaking of Disney stuff, lang pala, I'd like to mention then uh, um, we forgot to talk about like Lizzie McGuire and That's So Raven, which I think are also part of the whole movement of how teenage girls or girls grew up in yeah. the early 2000s. And it's also sad that, think- as Denny was saying about the Disney thing, um, the Disney Plus series na Lizzie McGuire also is facing some problems right now because Disney wants it to become a bit more PG than what a 30-year-old Lizzie McGuire should be. And even uh, Hilary Duff herself um, is speaking up against na parang, okay, parang kasi Love, Simon was already removed from Disney Plus and moved to Hulu for PG purposes. I mean, for them to be able to continue the storyline that wasn't really PG, quote-unquote for Disney Plus. And parang the same is happening to Lizzie McGuire na they want to change the direction because it's not falling under that. But um, Hilary Duff is saying na, you know, I think we should just move it to Hulu if, uh, because what the story asks for is to be able to follow Lizzie 
in her modern day life na she's old and she's facing problems that are not PG in a sense. Because yeah. I think um, I read something saying that the new series na Lizzie McGuire continues on into her adult life with some sort of cheating scandal or something like that involved in it. And I don't think Disney wants that. Anyway, so... <laughs> I mean, it's a Thanos long way to go. neck was snapped in Avengers, which is just like, <laughs> dumb. If you exactly. tell me that you want to keep it PG, but all right. And it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, that's that's aside from the matter. Maybe we'll be talking more about it as developments arise regarding the Lizzie McGuire. Um, I mean, all, all shows and uh, movies are all like on hold right now because of the whole pandemic, so... We'll have to see what happens next. So, moving on to our last two categories. Uh, our ninth category is women behind the scenes in film and TV. So, I guess it's, there's too, so much to unpack with these directors and uh, writers and behind the scenes um, people. Sino kaya yung mga gusto Um... I mean, we mentioned a lot of like the really popular ones earlier on. We mentioned um, Greta Gerwig and Lulu Wang earlier. Um, but I think, um, although I'm not a personal like fan of her work, I think there's a lot to say about how Ava DuVernay has been oh, yeah. the champion for women of color in terms of what they're doing behind the scenes in the world of film. And I've always applauded her stance and pushed back, you know, against, like, all these naysayers. Um, so I think she's great, although, I'm not, again, like, I'm not, like, a big fan of her work. Uh, the same thing with Patty Jenkins. Like, I didn't particularly love Wonder Woman, I guess, because, like, similar to Jenny's point on, like, what um, Disney has been doing with, like, its female characters. I don't think it pushed Wonder Woman to the level that I kind of wanted her to see in the modern age. But, you know, she succeeded and it's doing well. It's coming out with another film. So, and, Which has been moved oh, to August, la- by the way. Which has been moved to August. And the lack of female gaze in all of these women-led films. I think I'm like Just the way that you view women when you're a woman yourself is completely different talaga. Like, even if you say that you're, you know, a feminist man, like, it, there's still a difference in how you see women. Like, even drag queens, you know, like, most of them, most of these drag queens who are men, kind of, when they want to be women, it's always, like, this very sexy, that's the typical, you know, transition when you become a drag queen. It's always a sexy version of what a woman is when, you know, the way that um, Patty Jenkins and Kathy Yan did Birds of Prey, right? Am I getting my directors right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. correct. Yeah. Um, the way that they've seen, like, sexiness isn't the typical way that we see it. And I think that's just, I think that's my favorite thing about having female directors is this, um, safe and you feel safe like as a woman I feel safe when I'm watching these films uh-huh. and like that's just a completely important thing for me I don't have a lot to say I'm not very familiar because I was the directors or, or the yeah. people listed down here uh-huh. so. I think Danny would have more to say yeah 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 that. sorry that's my bad 
No, go it's not ahead. your bad. It's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. No, oh, my internet is getting wonky. Anyway, I mean, I agree. I mean, um, with the uh, we're losing you. <laughs> Sorry, I. I am. am I. I am yeah, better I can hear now. You. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, this goes to stages. Anyway, so I think, I mean, particularly last year was a really great year for women behind the camera. And I do agree with uh, Paula's point that it's different when a woman directs a film with a via man. Uh, and it's not, it's not a particular failing. It's just they offer a different perspective, yeah. uh, especially because directing and honestly, movie making has been such a massive, like, if it's not exclusively male, it's always pushed the male work more. Uh, and so we're starting to see work from directors like Celine Siama, who did Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yes. Uh, I think one of the best films I've, yet to watch. Uh, I've seen. In my, I've, it's a blessing. It's one of those films you describe as a Grabe. blessing. It's a different experience. Uh, of course, we have uh, directors like Deeries. Directors like Deeries, who did Mudbound uh, in 2017. Olivia Wilde, who did Booksmart, uh, Another which is, favorite. I find, a very genuine portrayal of uh, female friendship. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a, it's really lovely and very different, I find, from a lot of... Uh, they always call... They like to say it's the female super bad, but I find it very different. It has... It wants to be something different. Yeah. Uh, you have, like, lesser-known directors like Claire Denis, who's a... Parang a contender for the best director working today. Uh, mm. She recently did a movie called High Life with Robert Pattinson. Oh, uh, yeah. I wouldn't describe it because it's a bit R-rated. So parang I wouldn't describe it. But it's uh, I haven't seen it, but you know it's gotten pretty universal acclaim. Uh, Joanna Hogg, who did The Souvenir. Matty Diop, who did Atlantics, which is on Netflix. It's really, uh, it's really interesting story. And a lot uh, and a lot of people often like to pigeonhole women directors as, you know, they can only, they can only do, you know, there's a women's style of directing and a male style of directing. I saw this thread once. It's very, it's an oversimplification because then you have a director like uh, Catherine Bigelow who did Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, which are two yeah. very violent, very, you know, traditionally masculine movies, but also... Uh, with her own touch. Uh, yeah. Also, you know, uh, Cassie Ann who did Birds of Prey, which has one of the best shot action scenes I've seen in recent memory in the True. funhouse. That's one, it's such a, well, it's a scene that's unafraid to have color. It feels like a comic book. So uh, I really enjoy it. There's also uh, a lot, a lot of other directors I haven't mentioned, but have also uh, turned out so much great work. It's such a great, it's such a, rich time to be discovering new directors, especially uh, directors from underrepresented sectors like directors of color or female directors or female directors of color. You know, it's, we've come such a long way, I think, from when the only female director everyone knew and not even everyone knew her was the one was the, was Agnes Varda, who was French. So like no one really, uh, she never really broke into the mainstream, but for a long time, she was like, okay, who's a female director? Anya Varda. So now that we have so many uh, female directors whose work, we, whose work we can plunge into both in the mainstream and in the indie scene, pushing boundaries, I, 
you know, it's it's a really good time to be a fan of women in culture because, you know, their work is just getting so much more attention, which will lead to work, which will lead to more work for women. And they deserve it. Yeah, and very Interestingly deserved. enough, I think um, we haven't really had a problem with that kind of representation in the Philippines. I mean, uh, I mean, some I mainstream mean, at, at least, at, at least some mainstream studio films na ang dami namang right now are popular like Irene William Moore and Sigrid Bernardo and uh, Lunette Hadaone, Kathy Garcia, Olivia Lamasan, and uh, si Loris Gillian. All those are have been in the industry and you know, although they are mainstream, it's not, parang there's no shortage naman, I can say, or that's what I think at least. Paula has a different I mean, opinion. I, I I come from an advertising standpoint. Okay, mm-hmm. so in terms of like finding female directors for commercials, um, ba? Yeah, for ads, for ads. I mean, yeah. it's a lucrative business, and if you know, there's so many women in the crew, and it's upsetting to me that while there are a bunch of women in the crew, there's very few female directors out there, very few female cinematographers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think these are positions that a lot of women are interested in, but just don't have the opportunity, I guess, like to delve into. Because in the world of production, unless you're a producer, like advertise in the world of advertising production, it's a it's a man's game. There's mm-hmm. it's mostly just men. I did a commercial a few years ago for San Miglite. Um, for International Women's Day, and we wanted to do a spot that was produced by women. Most of my mm-hmm. team were women. The head of the brand is a woman. She's probably one of the best marketing heads out there. But finding a female director took us longer than it should have. It was the longest search for a director that I'd personally ever experienced in advertising. And that shouldn't be the case. Um, uh-huh. I wish there were more female directors out there. I wish production studios would push for more female directors because whenever I have a project, it's always male directors. Like, I, it's always an ask for me to have to say, like, can you please add like at least one female director? And most of them will say, like, wala kasi coming female directors in our company, and that's upsetting to me. That shouldn't yeah. be the case. Yeah. But that's well, in I, the world of yeah. advertising. Well, that's kind of sad to hear. But uh, yeah. I hope nga, uh maybe Paula could lead the way or f- of like making <laughs> a movement. Directing. I mean, yeah. not being a director, but like <laughs> making a movement, some sort of movement to create that sort of environment in the ad world. I mean, I, I do my best. I mean, like I always ask for female directors. Yeah. Parang just to push them to... You know, look for more because there's no shortage of talent out there. Like Alison Barreto, I'm sure. What like started out like she's currently the head or parang one of the co-creators of Recreate, and she started out doing advertising also. Uh-huh. Um, and I think she still does. Like if given the opportunity, so women like female directors should just be given more opportunities in the world of advertising. And I still consider it pop culture. You know, like ads are it everywhere. It is. I mean. Like, uh, a lot of what we grew up on, the commercials, the jingles, are part of pop culture. Mga ito ang beat sabay-sabay ng Coke, ganyan, yeah. yung Makdo na si, ano, pangalan ng girl, yung Lolo. 
si Karen. <laughs> si Karen. Iconic. Hindi yung asawa ni Plankton si Karen. Pero yes. yung Karen ng Makdo. Uh, yun. I mean, I guess on the film end, what was I was saying, I mean, syempre, a lot of the emerging ones also, there needs, I guess there also needs to be more representation at some point. So, I hope we see more as we go along. I mean... Oh, Samantha Lee. I forgot to include her. Balasana. Yeah. Well, she's controversial, so I didn't. <laughs> so, hello to her. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I guess that's... We're down to our last category since we're nearing two hours of our show. Um, we're down to our last category of our Women in Pop because we have to give a special shout-out to the women in power in real life or as I'd like to call it, let's get political. Siyempre, <laughs> with the times that we face today, you know, a lot of women are taking charge and leading the way into what is good, what is right. And you not, not not just what is good. It's not even the, it's parang the bare minimum of what should be done. And they're leading yeah. the way into educating people and helping people out and, you know, making good out of their work and their power and their status. Siyempre, of course, we have Angel Oxin, who's yeah. the number one leading celebrity in this end. Na, yeah. You know, she's Always one of the... the exactly. Yeah. I mean, she's the top actress, one of the top actresses in the Philippines. And aside from that, um, her stature is that. Um, she also leads the way without flaunting it. She just does her work and she does it for the good, not to get yeah. the fame. And even now with the Coco Pimentel issue that we are facing uh, in COVID, parang she denounced her own endorsement for him a few elections back. And yeah. it's nice to have someone that's self-aware and empowered and inspiring people as a real-life Darna, in a sense. Yeah. I wish for more like celebrities in general to be like her, to not be afraid of um, showing their political opinions. That's something that I think si needs Reb, to Reb. be done more in this si, country. Ano. <laughs> Particularly like yung Ate sobrang... Alex. <laughs> yeah, yung mga malakas talaga yung um, public, you know, um, following and stuff. Because if it comes from them, like when it comes from Angel Oxine, parang you see more people start to listen and more people start to care more. And that should be what you do when you're in that kind of position of power and influence. Yeah. Exactly. And aside from her, of course, I mean, recently, Bella Padilla earned almost like more than a million pesos for donations yeah. for COVID, which is really great as well. Aside from the movies that she has. Uh, it's nice to have these people I had who a Twitter actually fight with her before. Talaga. Never that. Yeah, naman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't even like an active thing. I think I ranted about how the production industry was in ABS-CBN in terms of how they created television shows. Yeah. Um, sobrang hassle, like put it lightly. Um, so I went on a really long rant and it went viral but it got traction for some her. reason yeah it, and it reached her and i didn't know because at that point i had muted the tweet so i didn't see anything that was coming in from yeah people that i didn't follow and i yeah. found out because a friend of mine linked an article and said like oh dude like mo pala si Bella ngayon. i had no idea and i found out through an article so and i will stalk you and it. look for that now after 
Pero it's I mean it's a good turnaround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always yeah. like admired her. Yeah. I never intended to start a fight with her. <laughs> and of course we can't help but get into the political realm of the women yeah. in power that we um idolize or we recognize as people who are at the forefront in making this country a better place. Of course we have our very own VP Lenny Robredo, the only VP and my president basically. <laughs> I mean, you know, the struggle that she has gone through to yeah. stay in her place, to fight for her rights as the true winner of the elections in 2016. That was four years ago at this point. And um, ngayon, she's still continuing the fight and she's still doing what's good and what is necessary and what is not just their main job basically as a politicians but you know that's what the president should actually be doing and she's just the vice president yeah. so parang imagine the difference between the man yeah. and this woman and for someone like yeah for someone with no budget like whose office has no budget whatsoever and still being able to pursue projects um, I mean, aside from the COVID case, like she's done a lot of really fantastic projects for angat buhay our projects. citizens. Yeah. Um, the four. Piece. And I think, like, I don't think we should ever idolize politicians in the way that we do celebrities. Uh-huh. But I think Lenny Robredo is a good showcase of what a leader should be. Um, yeah. And I'm sure. happy that it's a woman who's showing, like, the Philippines what a leader should be. And she deserves more than the hate that is giving to given to her but i I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure we know that that kind of hate it's not even real hate but like paid hate so yeah. i i think siguro naman at this point then naman parang she kind of recognizes that aspect but syempre, it still hurts naman if you get bashed and all that and syempre, behind her are other opposition leaders such as Senator Risa Honteveros who's doing a lot for women's rights and LGBT rights as well. And yeah. uh, you want to add something? No, I think Risa Honteveros is great. <laughs> I mean, I've always <laughs> admired her. Um, as a feminist, she is always at the forefront of like whenever Duterte has very sexist remarks and anything like that. She is the politician that I believe right now is most pro-women, like even more so than Lenny. She's a lot more vocal than Lenny sometimes even. And yeah. I've always admired her for that. I think like, <laughs> I have a problem because I would like um, politicians like Yakaya advertise themselves as champion for women and don't do anything yeah. for women. Like, it's it's frustrating to me. So I'm glad uh-huh. there's at least... What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad there's at least I mean I hope it I wish it wasn't just the one but I'm uh-huh. glad that she's there and I'm glad there's a voice for the opposition a voice for women a voice for the oppressed the whole, yeah especially during the whole Laila Delima scandal and I guess we'll talk about her in a bit then um, when it got extremely sexist like the proceedings on her got extremely sexist yeah exactly she was right there at the center, fighting for her and that belief that every woman's private life should be their own and their sexual history and prowess should never be a reason for you to judge them. 
exactly. which is a very Filipino thing to do, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and her appearance pa lang eh, di ba? Yeah. Parang, you know, being tagged as all those bad words just because yeah. Duterte was like going against her, which is like really yeah. sad about what's happening in this country. And yeah. syempre yun nga, Laila Delima was also a champion for us. And it's, it still probably is, even until now, which like Lila Delima to me is very is her as a politician. She's still very problematic to me. I don't agree with uh-huh. a lot of the things that she's done, but I admire her as a voice of the opposition. I wouldn't call her like you know, parang people of the opposition or like anti Duterte kind of take her to the extremes as well. It's either like you're super pro Duterte or super against that anyone who's against Duterte you kind of admire. Yeah, that shouldn't yeah. be the case. And I think that's the same for me with Laila de Lima. I think we've never had a shortage of like strong female, you know, members of the, of, uh, the government. Um, and she's always been a tough cookie. So I'm, I'm glad she's there. I just don't particularly... Yeah. Agree with her. Yeah. True. I mean, there's a lot. Maybe we can have an episode on politics when the pot when the next election is coming. Um, yeah. I guess he, uh, the American equivalent would be AOC Alexandria. Uh, yeah. Ocasio Very young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also ambitious young. and uh, a great voice for what Americans should be, and she'll be on RuPaul's Drag Race this season as well. Which is also a great thing. I mean, yeah. she she has that side of her as well. Um, I guess that is it for our pop ten women in pop. Um, any last thoughts in uh, regarding you know the whole Women's Month celebration or being a female? Any last message, Paula? Um, I mean, it's a difficult time to celebrate anything really with what's happening but I think women should always just be proud of who they are who they want to be um, all women that includes trans women um, and I'm happy that there's change going on and I, I hope we never stop pushing for change and equality I guess yeah um, yeah there's nothing that I can add, I guess, that hasn't been said by so many great women before me. But yeah. Yeah. Love your moms, and love your sisters. <laughs> Appreciate them all. And on that note, I'd say the same. Thank you to all the women for their service in this world. I mean, without you guys or girls, there wouldn't be an us. There, this world wouldn't really, you know, progress and people don't realize it. So keep on being you. Um, don't don't let the hate from men affect you because at the end of the day they're just jealous of your success <laughs> and uh, same, same. keep yeah that's my message I mean Shempre being friends with a lot of girls being in a family of pretty much all girls except me um, you know I see I see you I feel you and I celebrate your womanhood and which should be the case for all people. <laughs> so thank you, Paula, for being yeah. well, a great one. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, thank you, Danny. Anything else before um, we head you know, to our last segment? Echoing both your points, 
echoing both your points, women, you're doing great. Men do better. <laughs> that includes Basically, me. Men do better. Basically. Should be uh, the slogan of all that. So, <laughs> um, that's the title of the episode. <laughs> men, uh, men, do men do better. Men do better. For our last segment, of course, we have our pop stop or our closing point of the show where we talk about our top picks and recommendations for anything pop culture we have consumed this week. Um, for me, I'd like to talk about this movie, The, the Kingmaker. It's a documentary that shows the Marcoses. And I got really angry last night. I went yeah. to bed angry because of this movie. But um, it's just really it really shows how dense and how delusional these people are. But apparently... This movie was kind of funded by them as well. So I have some reservations about this documentary, uh, which you can see on my Letterboxd account. Follow me at CC Sajaran on Letterboxd. Um, but it's a really nice, I mean, it's a nice pampagalit sa'yo at pampagising na, okay, this is happening. This is the situation. And we can't just like let it happen again. Mm-hmm. And aside from that, um, Main Mendoza and Grace Note came out with a collaboration, parang kailan lang. Um, of course, it's under my job, but it's a really good song. Nothing you'd expect from a celebrity, like single. I I show uh, I made yeah. Paula listen to it, and she yeah, said, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, um, aside from that, mga One Direction stands. I really like the album Heartbreak Weather by Niall. Um, it's really great. Um, Niall Horan, underrated One Direction. Underrated King. <laughs> I love it. It's my One Direction bias. Same. Same. And um, Dana was saying uh, when she was still here, she wants to recommend Chloe and um, Dua Lipa's newest song, Break My Heart, which is a great quarantine anthem if you want to listen to it. Her latest <laughs> album uh, is out by the time we're talking about I, by the time we're releasing this, so go listen to it. I love Dua Lipa, and I'm excited to, to hear her album. And Denny, last, uh, Paula and Denny, pala. Denny, can you go first? Um, well, I've I don't know if I've been keeping up with pop culture in the face of flails arms at everything, but parang I just listed stuff that's brought me comfort over the last three weeks. So I've been listening to a lot of Ways Blood. Uh. She actually did an Instagram concert today, which is the reason why I woke up for the before noon for the first time. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, her album, she released an album last year, see Titanic Rising, which uh I it's my favorite album of 2019. It's just a really comforting record because it doesn't reject the sadness of today, the modern era. But it mm-hmm. allows you a Space to feel through these feelings of sadness. I think she's uh, one of the one of my one of the most comforting artists I've been listening to now. Uh, in terms of artists with actual new releases, I really love the new Haim song. I haven't see, heard the, the new song yet. See the steps and Hallelujah. I think they're they're locks on my 2020 list. Ooh, uh, as okay. is the new Dirty Projectors song, the Overlord. It's just a really soothing track. Uh, so that's it. For music, for movies, I've mostly been watching old stuff, so I don't. I'll just skip over that until I eventually watch like The Invisible Man or Emma, you know, eventually. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, The Invisible Man is pretty good. Also, I forgot to mention, I watched it before this whole thing. Yes, my girl <laughs> Elizabeth Moss. Um. Anyway, and, you know, 
yeah and i've been well i think a lot of i assume everyone has their comfort sitcom na but you know i've been watching brooklyn 99's latest season it's not their best because their best is season 5 which is also Great. filled up my days but season 7 is really good and it's brooklyn 99 because it's a sitcom that where everything goes back to status quo and it's entertaining and funny and very real I think it's really great comfort food for, you know, this time in our lives where nothing seems to be going back to status quo or you know, everything is very uncertain. You know, yeah. change is good, but also change is frightening. So it's good mm-hmm. to have a constant. And at least that, that show and that cast and the goodness of that cast is constant. And, you know, I'll probably be replacing it with Community when it comes out on Netflix in April. Yes, we stand. You know, We're in the darkest so, timeline. Yes, We're in the darkest timeline. <laughs> Yeah, that's it for me. Okay, um, I would like to recommend Hunters. I just finished it a few weeks ago. Ooh. I really loved it. Yeah. And Logan, Logan Lerman. Lerman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Logan Lerman, I'm such a huge fan of. But I think like in terms of International Women's Day, um, the, the central point of like reference there is always because of a woman. It's always a woman's love, his grandmother's love in particular. And that's what the whole show revolves around it. And I would also like to recommend Ali Wong. Hard Knock Wife. That's personally my favorite stand-up of hers. If you want like a female stand-up comic, I highly recommend her to be like a gateway. She's great. Yeah, that's for me. And lastly, Kingdom Season Two is also great. Very, I know, very relevant to the times, and it's, it continues on the great world-building and zombie-filled fun fest that Kingdom Season One built upon. And I love Koreans right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, He so does. Kingdom Season 2 is amazing. So that's pretty much it for our show this week. Uh, thank you so much for going through a really long episode of Popcorn. For our Pop 10 Women in Pop, thank you so much for everyone who listened to this episode. Um, follow us on uh, social media at Popcorn with Cholo. That's at Popcorn W Cholo on IG, Twitter. Instagram, I said IG na pala, Facebook, and rate us on Apple Podcasts and just message us for all recommendations. Thank you again for making us number one. So thank you guys and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>